Welcome to another episode of Task Podcast. It's your boy, <laughs> Steven. So every time I say that, I feel like I'm on radio. Anyways, welcome to this episode of Task Podcast, a continuation of our entrepreneurial journey series with Steven Akomo. So I believe you've had the chance to listen to previous episodes of this podcast because it's been it's been a lot of uh, awesome things that we've been talking about from the very first episode to the second to the third and then this episode. If you haven't had a chance, maybe because you've been busy or you've had so many things to work on or catch up on, I will advise that you go listen to the previous episodes. There's a lot to learn from them and it will help set you on course to better understand what we'll be talking about today on this episode. So today's um, episode on the entrepreneurial journey, we're going to be focusing majorly on innovation and entrepreneurship. You know, in the last episode, I ended with some very, very, very key questions. You know, I was I was asking questions to challenge you, my dear African entrepreneur. I was asking how we can do this at home. You know, in the last episode, I talked about for us by us solutions and some very, very interesting things that I shared there. And I was asking how can we create uh, a for us by us business solution? You know, how can we create community centered solution? I don't know if you have been able to create something already. I don't know if you have given so much thought to it. I don't know if you've committed time to thinking deeply on those questions. But if you haven't, it's worth doing because it's going to help your business. It's going to help Africa at large. It's going to help our community. It's going to help us go further in a very short time. All right. So moving from there, there was one story I wanted to share some time ago that I mentioned I was going to share uh, in one of these episodes from my business school experience. And it was a story from a project that we did in school under entrepreneurship and creativity. Yeah, something like that. Either entrepreneurship and creativity or innovation and creativity. Yeah, I remember now. It was entrepreneurship and creativity. So on that course, we had a project to do. Our project was to start a very, very new company from the scratch. And the criteria for the companies, there has to be some element of innovation in the company or the business that we are starting. And there has to be some... Okay, now I remember. <laughs> the topic of the, the course was on entrepreneurial creativity. Entrepreneurial creativity, yes. So there had to be some form of innovation and creativity in the company that we were going to start. And you're going to start a fresh company. like Unlike the other project I told you about where we had to analyze a startup, check out the way they used innovation or introduced innovation into their business, into the value chain or whatever. This was totally different. This was you starting up a company from the scratch, your idea, creating a solution for a problem that already exists or that you have identified either locally or globally. And then we all set out to work on this project. In my group were two other Nigerians and one Indonesian. The Indonesian suggested that we create a business around recycling because they had a major challenge on recycling and waste disposal in his country. Then we looked into our side 
and then we came up with a solution for food wastage especially in tomato farming and production we noticed that there's a lot of food wastage from farming to harvest to preservation to scarcity and everything around the tomato value chain a lot of gaps that we identified so at the end of we decided to go work on a tomato company or tomato business now we had a lot of meetings back and forth to develop the business the brand come up with some fresh ideas you know introduce some innovation into the business and now here's what happened on the day of our presentation we're going to pitch for some amount of money from the other cosmates so everybody was going to pitch his business or their company and then request for investment from group of judges and members of the public who are our fellow cosmates so other people pitched their businesses awesome ideas groundbreaking innovative ideas and the whole process towards getting fresh ideas um creating fresh products was mind-blowing you know what people had to do to be able to come up with fresh ideas or come up with something that doesn't even exist anywhere in the world <laughs> to solve problems that are um, existing or that they've identified um, so it was really mind-blowing so for us we did a presentation on a tomato processing plant the name of our company was towing tomatoes by the time we were done with the presentation for towing tomatoes at the end of the presentation, we had the whole class giving us an overwhelming ovation and the questions began to come in, you know, people were asking questions about the business brand, if we we're going to actually execute this idea in real life, if we we're going to work on this project after our program at business school and so many questions. The sweet part for me was that people they are ready to back that idea with their money because of the number of people that funded our project, the number of people that invested in our project. We came out one of the top three. I think we're even the number one um, presentation. We got commendation for that. And then a lot of our classmates after the presentation now came to us like, guys, you guys need to do this real life. When you guys launch this product, or this project please invite us to your country let us know and then conversations around nigeria came up around africa people were curious to know more about africa about nigeria they were surprised amazed at the discoveries that we shared to them about the problem identified so much um, demand for tomato in west africa in nigeria and nigeria being the largest consumer of tomato products in Africa and I can't remember the other ranking in the world you know but we are equally the highest importers of tomato puree and then we grow a certain volume of tomatoes in the country but still cannot meet up with the demand because of wastage because of some other lapses identified in the value chain so we decided that our own tomato uh, company, we are going to do a lot where we introduce some level of innovation from farming stage right to distribution stage. That's from farming of the tomatoes, uh, the projects we are going to work on with some of the farmers, the type of improved seeds we are going to use, system of agriculture we are going to adopt 
to make sure that we are able to plant tomato in season and out of season to have tomatoes that are planted in season because there's excess there is so much to harvest to have those preserved and processed and available for consumption in other formats you know after we add value to them so it could be as tomato puree it could be as tomato powder or something whatever end product we come up with then how it's going to be distributed across the country how it's going to remain healthy how we're going to grow it to become the largest manufacturer of tomato products how we're going to employ so many people the machinery we're going to use and how we're going to use tech to drive the company and the business it was amazing i think i still have the business plan for that company and then it created so much excitement because this was like a major real life problem this was not some far far away okay we are trying to create wireless chargers we are trying to create uh, maybe wireless airports we are trying to they could relate because this was food real life problem like basic need and then there's so much opportunity in that market that is largely untapped and we have created a solution for it that can transform that um, sector if we decide to launch our business and the ripple effect was crazy because i think during the holidays we had one of our cosmates just book a trip to Africa just to come and experience Africa. Sadly, she didn't come to Nigeria. She went to South Africa. You know, she went to South Africa, spent like three weeks in South Africa and came back. And when we resumed school, she was like, wow, Africa is beautiful. Africa is a place to be. You guys have so much land. Oh, the natural resources, the, the habitation is is beautiful you guys have trees you have space oh there's a lot to do and she was just saying different things about africa about and i'm like okay now this is what people see when they come to africa they see opportunities they see possibilities but we are here and then it's like oh same 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 like there is nothing unique there's nothing spectacular there is really no big deal about what we have but what we have is a lot what we have is so much waiting to be used so much untapped unused resources in different forms waiting to be explored so when people from outside africa or people who are some level of exposure come to africa our countries our cities our communities they are able to identify opportunities they are able to identify businesses they see money like they see money in almost everything because they know the value in that resource or in that value chain or in that ecosystem that can be created they are able to identify and see money they see products you know they see need like wow if i supply this if i provide this if i solve this i'll be making this much i'll be making money this brings me to what i was talking about on the last episode about chinese people creating businesses or products or solutions for the problems they have out of need 
convenience, comfort, and maybe also for performance. So I'll be telling you some of the things I found really fascinating in China. For example, we have these motorcycles. I talked about motorcycles, but there's something I didn't even say about the motorcycles. But let me talk about the bicycles. We have bicycles in China, public bicycles, private bicycles, private owned company bicycles. So there's this bicycle sharing where it's becoming popular in some part of the West and even getting to some African countries now. Bicycle sharing where you have an app. When you download the app, you are able to use the bicycle anywhere in the country and then it's subscription based. You subscribe based on a package, maybe monthly, or you subscribe based on a one-time usage or however they have charged or priced it now once you get to the bike there's a qr code on the bicycle you scan the qr code and then if you're already registered all that will happen is the bicycle will be unlocked for you and then you can ride to wherever (laughs) like wherever you want to ride you can ride to and once you get to your destination you lock the bicycle and to be confirmed locked on your phone and it will show you your trip how much you've spent and you're good to go. You park it wherever there are normal parking spaces, allocated parking spaces where you can park them. And then you just move on with whatever it is you want to do. When you are leaving, you can decide to use the same bicycle company or another company. Or you use, if you have a motor, motorbike app, you use the motorbike app, you unlock a motorbike. If you are registered, you unlock a motorbike and you ride. You don't need any particular license or whatever because the motorbikes have been have been designed with some certain speed limits that you can ride on the roads and they even have special lanes for motorbikes so you ride and wherever you want to get to or wherever the motorbike can get to based on its uh, capacity the battery capacity it takes you there after some time i noticed that we now had like six to seven months into my stay in china i noticed that we're now having some new type of motorbikes those motorbikes are powered you know battery powered to offer some level of convenience and ease so let's say you don't want to paddle you're tired you get tired of paddling at some point you want to rest you want to relax now these motorbikes these motorcycles now have the capacity to you can ride to bicycles without paddling you know they added some innovation to the motorbikes you don't have to paddle to ride you can actually ride the bicycles as though you were on a motorcycle you know they created very awesome using solar technology and some other electronic technology that you don't have to put gasoline you don't have to put um, any form of gas to power the bicycle rather all you just need to do is to make sure the bicycle is a little bit charged because there are solar batteries in the bike attached to the bicycle then there are solar panels on the bicycle so once the bicycle is charged has some battery capacity you are able to ride the bicycle without even paddling so you just sit on the bicycle and you just place your legs and then you're riding <laughs> it has a particular speed limit but it offers a whole lot of convenience i can remember so many times when that bicycle saved me time and energy in getting to places and sometimes just for fun you just ride you just ride 
So I was thinking like, what? What kind of laziness is this? You know, you're supposed to ride and paddle your bicycles. But now we have bicycles where you don't even have to paddle to ride them for the better part of it. And that goes a long way in showing how much effort is put into innovation, product development, and how businesses are created. And after some months, we now had other brands, other companies introducing their own version of that type of product. And besides bike sharing, we also had car sharing, motorcycle sharing, and then so many other things. And all these things, they had their apps, they had their applications. Like I always say, in China, there's an app for everything. So in China, there's basically an app for everything. Almost anything you can think about or you can think of, there is an app for it. And what does that tell you? There is a business for it. There is a solution for it. There is, they've even gone advanced <laughs> uh, in their innovation to have an application. Over there, they call it APP, an application. So you can imagine a beauty brand, a shoemaker, or a fashion business, or whatever idea, whatever niche, almost everything, there is an app for it. And I've provided some links for you so that you can see in the footnotes, you can see some really interesting startups or the most innovative startups in China. And then you can also further research to find out about the different type of applications that are being used in China. It will help you to expand your mind and your thinking, especially with regards to your industry, what you do, and then you can see how people in that part of the world are innovating, how they are developing, how they are creating or solving some of the problems that are in the value chain of the kind of business you do or the niche or sector that you are in. For example, in China, we have a power bank app. There's an app for power banks. Yeah, you want to rent a power bank, you want to use a power bank, you're stranded somewhere. Your device is going low on battery and then you need to power it. You can use the service of a startup that offers power bank vending and you can use their power banks. I will not be able to explain the tech <laughs> or the business model or the, how it works, but even to something as little as that. So when you go and search or check about the different apps or startups in China, you begin to see how people are looking into their own local problems and solving them. Remember, there were a generation of startups, entrepreneurs who went to school abroad and then returned home to do to start their own business as well, establish their own startups. That's they go abroad, they see things, and they copy it to China. That's they do the Chinese version of it. So we have the Chinese version of Google, Chinese version of YouTube, Chinese version of Twitter, Chinese version of Facebook, Chinese version of WhatsApp. So many, so many, so many, so many now. They are not just those single versions, but they are other brands with similar services. Then the startup ecosystem grew to copy 
China, you know, the West, other countries now are looking to China to learn because these guys have moved fast in innovation, in tech advancement, in creating solutions for the problems they have and the problems that is general that can be applied, whose solution can be applied in other parts of the country. So we have people even from the West now that are looking to China to steal ideas. <laughs> they are looking to China to see what is new, to see what is hot, so that they can come and start up with something like that in their business. So if you're wondering why China, why am I just talking about China so much, so much? Well, maybe because I studied there. I had a good experience there. But beyond that, there's a lot. And even the West is looking in. You know, looking at this the speed at which they're coming up with things is amazing. Recently, I saw a video online where China moved one of their oldest primary schools. Like they moved a building. Who would have thought, who would have imagined that you can move a building, let's say a building from this particular physical location and then you move it to another location. Now, we're not talking about dismantling the building or assembling it somewhere. Like you carry that structure from the foundation and you change its location. That's just mind-blowing. Remember, China was literally nothing to write about so many years ago. Not too far ago, you know, China was just a poor country trying to survive and largely agrarian economy. But today China has grown to become the second largest economy in the world. China and Africa and most African countries or Africa as a continent, we have a lot in common. And if they can do it and they have done it, we also can do even much more. Because they don't have as much resources as we do. Human and otherwise, they don't have as much as we do. And I can tell you, Africa is the next biggest world economy. But we are the ones to make it happen. If we sleep, if we don't do our part, if we don't get to work, then it will take longer before Africa becomes the world's biggest economy. The world is looking into Africa. Other people, because they know the value of what we have, they are looking into Africa. But they are not looking into Africa to develop Africa, to make Africa, they are looking into Africa to keep and sustain their own world power and economic power. So they call Africa overall. Like I said in the last episode, for Africa to go far, we can't dodge manufacturing, but we can use tech to accelerate and make the process and the journey better and faster remember we are smart people we are innovative and we are talented and with the right things in place we can begin to create we can begin to produce and meet our own needs and meet our own needs and also solve our peculiar and unique problems so i'll leave you with the following questions as we wrap up this episode what what can you manufacture? What can you produce? What has been created that you can improve on? What problem do you think you can 
solve or what product can you refine based on the natural or mineral resources around you? How can you add value to an existing product or service? Remember, it's all about making an improvement, making it better, making it faster, making it more efficient, adding value in any of this capacity will help us advance as entrepreneurs in Africa. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have an amazing week.